you know, karma's not a bitch, she's a mirror. And, you know, this guy's pressed and said the wrong And I've been busting And then sometimes these things happen. And, nah, I beat the guy. Well, you're a good man. Congratulations, sir. Enjoy your victory. Who's boxing the blade and head off? I'm kicking the blade and leg off. He was going show you do it close the distance. This is not over. If we had to take this outside with him, it's all outside. We don't give a Breaking news. Breaking news. Fellas, thanks for popping on the show. Oh my goodness gracious. A Diaz is booked for a fight, but it's not Nate. It's Nick not is Nate. coming back. What was the date, fellas? September 20... 25th. 25th. And it's looking like it's a guy who was on the tongue of, of Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul today, Mr. Robbie Lawler, which, why not? I guess initial reactions, I haven't even gotten into the nitty gritty. I guess you guys just said Ariel Helwani's reported 95% done. Happy for Robbie Lawler. He's a guy that gets kind of that trickle down, kickback pay from Dana. He's a journeyman. He's been there, done that, puts on a show. The fans love him. He's got the matchup that I think he's going to get paid in. Yes. Main event, I would assume so. I don't know what's on that Co- September Co-Main. 25th call. Co-main? So who's the main? Is that the... Is that the... It's not confirmed, but the main event's probably going to be Volkanovski Ortega. That was what I was thinking. That was the that ultimate sense. fighter fight. Yes, that makes, that sense. makes sense. And that, they can't guarantee that. We've seen that in the past, yeah. where yeah. the ultimate fighter, they have it due for the end of the season. It just doesn't work out that way. I mean, three, six months later, especially in Volkanovski's case, with the, the down-under lockdown rules yeah. that they have, it's it's hard. But uh, I guess I'll start with you, Truth, because I think you broke the news. Or did you break the news, Brew? Maybe I think you Brew, broke the news. Brew I'm, broke the news. Brew broke That's the me. news. Yeah, I guess I will give you the right away. I'm sorry, Truth. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I, but this is My Name is Searle. Sorry, episode 48. Ten counts coming very soon. It would be right now. But your boy got the second COVID shot, and it is taking me out. My only advice, my only advice, fellas, is just Advil and Tylenol and lots of water. And thanks to the over 100 people who listened, different people it was actually way over 100 plays which was fucking dope really really happy and it's it just goes to show me that there's traction with us talking mixed martial arts so thank you to all the listeners and thank you fellas for once again putting my show over a little bit here we're looking for four digits soon boys consistently we're getting there then five digits and then who knows what happens in the future but baby steps to make the big steps and uh, i'm here on the joe rogan experience No, he's gonna come on our show. That's yeah. Okay, yeah see, like that's 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 the that's our second bucket list. I forget who the bucket list was last time we chatted, but I was saying Ariel. Like, I think it was. Ariel, it might have yeah. been Ariel. Yeah, yeah. like just we'll to have some somebody calls. on the show. Maybe no, it was Dana. I was oh, joking. Yeah, of course. I was joking yeah. that it was Dana. I said that's the, like the ultimate. Like Dana comes on the show, never listening to our show, and we talk shit about him all the time. But we also give him love. <laughs> but yes, all apart. I'm long winded right now, man. I said we were going to be informal. <laughs> we only have a certain amount of time, which is not usual for the three of us but you know i'm not going to break the news because it's not my responsibility to break the news the news might be broken by the time the episode comes out but addition to the extended family is all i'm gonna say so brew nick diaz versus robbie lawler your thoughts initially man and you know is this a one-off maybe maybe not you know what man i I think in this current climate i don't think it's a one-off i think the fact that diaz was out so long it, I mean, it, it obviously speaks volumes. It, times are changing. The whole, you know, the weed thing with the Nevada State Athletic Commission and the other athletic commissions. Some people think they almost sort of stole Nick Diaz's career and some other fighters that, that have missed a year, two years, three years. Some of those guys just didn't come back. But Nick Diaz, as we know, the triathlons and all that, you know, we, we all know the guys in shape. 
I don't think there's a better matchup, seeing as that they fought at, uh, I want to say, UFC 47, I think it was. The rematches, the trilogies, like those are really being sold right now. And I guarantee you when we see these UFC like release these Instagram videos and little teasers, it's going to be the rematch. Even though it was 2004, there's no better fight. Even what it is today back then. Yeah. No, this is what I'm saying. Like, this is like a throwback rematch in 2021. It's kind of cool. If you took, I don't know, like Randy Couture and, uh, you know, Chuck Liddell in like five, six more years and just chuck them in the ring. Like it's not that bad because <laughs> these guys are younger, but I mean, yeah. the hype of the, who these guys are, yeah. I don't think there's a better opponent for Diaz than Lawler, seeing as they fought already, but also because Lawler is going to go in there and bang. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got, I, I don't know the exact number. It's either 25 or 28 wins and 22 of those, I believe are like, haven't gone to decision. Mm. So this fight ain't going to a decision. I doubt it. You know what I mean? But it's Lawler's the more active of the two, obviously, even though he's lost his last four. I think he's coming back for blood, bro. It's that's it's, you know what I mean? He's only had a few rematches in his career, and I'm I, I I have to look, but I think he's won almost all of them, if not all of them. And that's the thing, like even Misha's coming back here this weekend, and like she's yeah. lost her last two, but her opponent, I think she's lost her last four or five. So it's like Dana is smart in a way to book these guys and girls against fighters that are, you know, maybe not on a decline, but just aren't there. And I'm not saying that Robbie Lawler is not there, but you're not throwing Nick Diaz into the fire, so to say. And there was, there was some conversation as to whether or not that was what he was going to ask. And I guess this is the perfect lead to you truth. Are you disappointed in the matchup? I mean, I guess head to head, we're happy, but with the Nick hype train coming back, would you have liked to have seen him throw into the fire? No, I mean, what else are you going to do with Nick Diaz right now? You can't throw him into a ranked opponent. You can't, you know, I mean, he's been gone for so long. At this point right now, he's got to be a money fight guy until he beats a few guys. And then if he still wants to fight and, you know, start taking on ranked opponents, then we could talk about that afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but for right now, man, it's what's what's Nick Diaz going to do? There's nobody to yeah. match him up with other than a money fight opponent. And that's what you've got to see fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, Donald Cerrone's name was thrown around too. Cause I mean, that guy can cut weight in five minutes. So, you know, there was ways yeah, that yeah. there were ways that all this could have worked. I I'm guessing welterweight. Am I, I'm assuming it is. It yeah. is. Yeah. According yeah. to Ariel, it's, it's welterweight. Yeah. Agreed I'm assuming on. you just never yeah. know with these kind of fights because maybe they could have done a catch weight. Maybe that was part of Nick's negotiation. Yeah. And we know Dana doesn't do that on a regular basis, but yeah. He really wanted Nick back and, and good for them. And where's the event? I guess I'm asking questions now because that's a that's got to be the draw, September 25th. And you've already got a title fight on the card. Yeah. It's, that's, uh, is, is it California? It's T, no, T-Mobile. Oh, it's back in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Which for Diaz is awesome, obviously. Only only thing better would be California. but I mean, That's what I was saying is yeah, in California. Obviously. Yeah. Diaz is Mr. Vegas, so I mean. Yeah, that's the yeah. truth. I mean, I'm the, excited. I'm excited. Vegas is stocked in East is the joke, right? Like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they travel well anyways, man. They travel yeah, in exactly. New Mexico. They travel in Florida. They travel in New York. Them guys. The Diaz brothers are over everywhere. They're man. everywhere, man. Oh, they're international. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's a beautiful thing to see Nick come back. You know, we grew up watching this sport and not understanding the behind the scenes stuff. We're older now. We host this podcast. Like We mm-hmm. get the nitty gritties and how Dana has screwed these guys. You know, Nick was a superstar. And looking back at some of the money he made then, it's just like, oh, my God, of course he has to come back. Maybe he is broke. You know, I'm not trying to talk down on the man, the Diaz business model, the gym. It's beautiful. It works well. And like you guys said, he's finding peace and tranquility in his gym life. Like that might have been what drew him back. And, you know, GSP has been gone for forever. You know what I'm well, saying? It looks like he wants to throw, get back in there. Right. And I was going to throw a question to you guys just regarding this 
uh, you know, not to talk more on the topic, but with Nick Diaz, I, I, what I love about this fight is a lot of the younger generation knows who Nate is. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. know who Nick is. And Nick mm-hmm. was actually the better, you know what I mean? Like of the two fighters, they're both amazing. But if well you look said. at their careers, multiple championships, like, or multiple titles, I should say, Nick Diaz was the man. Yeah. You know, so there's that. But then also, what if he comes back, beats Lawler, beats another guy, you know, of the same stature? Does GSP come back? Ding, 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 Buddy. What do you think? talk about money. I think George would do it. I think George would do it. There's, you know what I mean? There's very few fights. George wants to fight again. There's, it's clear as day. He's trying to get into the boxing sphere. Like he wants to fight again. Khabib just had a wonderful interview with Brett Okamoto where Khabib was literally like, Dana didn't call me. George yeah. did. So now we know factually, unless Khabib's talking shit. And what we've learned is in his retirement, he's, he's kind of learned how to talk shit a little bit more than when he was <laughs> fighting. But he said, George wants me. And, you know, he, I think Brett asked something about money. And Khabib said, George has money. George does not need to fight. George this, George that, blah, blah, blah. Well, Nick Diaz versus George St. Pierre in a money fight. Or you guys are talking about Diaz has to win a fight or two to, you know, maybe Dana says, hey, George, I'll put you in like that invisible ranking we always talk about, like number five, number six, George, where if you beat Nick, maybe you could fight for the title. But it's the last fight on his contract. So there's your right of way. George now has the option. Do I want to fight for the welterweight title to finish my career? Take on Kamaro Usman and actually put the closing chapter on things? Or do I just walk away after fighting Nick Diaz and making, Jesus, however many millions they could make, right? Like that could be the first UFC back in Canada sometime in 2022. Like imagine those two in Toronto or Montreal, man. Jesus. Well, happy Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's the thing though. Like, he hasn't been back there in a lot and I could be wrong with this. I could be completely talking on my ass, but from, from a Canadian perspective, a lot of the last few shows, Toronto or even further West, but if I recall like Edmonton, Calgary, Toronto, I don't remember the last time they were in Montreal. And I think that is because George is gone. Do they go back there or does Dana go to a market in Canada that he knows is going to be effective because George St. Pierre versus Nick Diaz, that's bigger than the bell center. That's maybe well, the Rogers Center I mean, in Toronto, right? Let's just be 100% honest here. You're, you're talking about coming back to Canada after a pandemic. It's going to sell out no matter where they go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you might want to have more seats for that. You know, imagine Dana White coming to Canada and being the first person to do a sold-out crowd in Toronto. Like, jeez, it's there. And, I mean, I don't know. We're, we're going to see here. I'm a big – everybody knows, obviously, big Halifax Wanderers fan. And, the you know, they're talking about markets east to west, coast to coast. They're going to have fans. We got our tickets loading up now in the book, so we're excited. We're going to be back in the stadium for the first time in damn near two years. Nice. But we don't know how many people are allowed in, and we don't know how long this is going to take with Canada because, you know, as much as we've done well in this country, and we should be very proud of ourselves as a country for helping one another out, we are behind everybody else right now. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, if Dana White can talk to Mr. Ford and Mr. Trudeau and all the other relevant pieces of the puzzle, Mr. Tory and everybody else in the city of Toronto. And you can get himself 40, 50,000 asses in the sky dome, man. You never know. You never know. 
I, I mean, Dana just said in the press conference, he doesn't like doing the big stadiums. He'd rather be in arenas. He'd rather be in arenas. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like there's, there's a catch 22 with the sky dome. I don't know if you guys have been to a blue Jays game before you guys have been there for any other event, but the sky dome once, and that was the fly through to go to New York. Yeah. There's something about the sky dome. And I see all you nodding, Bruce. So I'm assuming yeah. that you've been to a couple of games at the sky dome. There's something about it, Jay, where it feels more like an arena, especially when the roof is closed. But even yeah. when the roof is open, bro, you don't feel like you're in a dome. You don't feel like you're in a stadium that's got almost 70,000 seats. You feel like you're in that 15, 20,000 seat arena because there's not a bad seat. I always yeah. joke with people, buy a Blue Jays ticket in the very upper deck. You'll still have the time of your life. That's what it's, I always do. Yeah. And cheapest ticket, <laughs> cheapest ticket, best view. The beer came to you. Yeah. Like, it was the best time, man. You pay the fucking $100 tickets. Yeah, sure, you ended up on TV once or twice, but you only drank one or two beer. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I see what you're saying, but on the contrary to that, Dana's talking about playing or doing the Reliant. He's been with Mark Davis, and he's even brought it up at the press conferences because journalists have asked, would you play the Reliant? Would you do the Reliant? And he said, yeah. I don't know if you know what the Reliant is, Truth, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is like before COVID happened, every single, and I'm sure Vince McMahon has even been on that list every, because they, they haven't been back to Vegas in a very long time. I'm pretty um, sure this, like the one that just passed was supposed to be bidded for WrestleMania in that he, stadium. And yeah, and that's the thing, before like a pandemic. every single prom promoter, person, performer, uh, everybody on earth was going to play that stadium. Like that stadium was going to be the crown jewel of the entire world in terms of performance arts. The Raiders were only there eight days out of the year. So they had concerts galore to do at that place. Just, just a ton. And it, it was unfortunate that COVID took it away because the Davis family has done a good job. You know, unfortunately they had to take the team over to Oakland, but they've done a good job to keep the Raiders as the Raiders. And, and, you know, that fan base seems to actually accept the move a heck of a lot more than they did, but. Uh, in terms of MMA, man, holy shit, that would be quite the show. And that's what I'm saying. Maybe Dana sees the Reliant as something like the Sky Dome, something that has kind of that arena feel. But it's a good point to bring up because, yeah, he has brought it up. He, he doesn't care about 70, 80,000. But, I mean, when you're going to New Zealand and you get out of Sonya versus Whitaker – yeah, well, I mean, try keeping that to 16,000 people. That's one of the only exceptions he said, right? Like, you know, if we go to somewhere like New Zealand or someplace like that, he's like, you got to because we're not there all the time. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like for the most part, it's he wants to make sure that everybody in that arena has a good seat and has a good view. Is You know, you look at that Izzy and, and Whitaker fight and you look at some of those people that's sitting in the floor seats middle way through and you're going, how are you even watching anything? You paid all that money to sit there and watch a big TV on the roof. Pretty you know much, man. Pretty I mean, much. Don't get me wrong. It's nice to be in the audience and get the vibe and get whatever. But, you know, you go and you want to be able to see the octagon. You want to be able to see whatever. Like when I was at 35, WrestleMania 35, we were up in the upper bowl, but we were at the 50 yard line. Mm. So I was right there in line with the ring and like I could see everything. And I would much rather that than be stuck somewhere down on the floor and having to look over people's heads and trying to look at the, you know, at the videos. Yeah. All night. So. Uh, I, I get what Dana is saying at that point. He wants to have he, he wants that experience of a UFC show to be memorable for you as a fan. Yeah, and having that small arena feel. I mean, I the Metro Center was a fucking show. Yep, and it's because you felt like you were right next to the cage, even if you were sitting at the upper bowl. I mean, not the upper upper bowl where you had to watch the screen. <laughs> um, and, and there were a few people up there, but it was a time and a half, and that's yep. why it was a time and a half. It's because it was intimate. And Dana has done a great job, even without having any fans for the last year, of that apex feel, the echoes. You could hear the coaches, every smack. 
just intimate. And that's what the UFC is all about. So yep. speaking of intimate, I'm in your DMs. <laughs> but my leg's fucking broken. Blah, 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 blah. I, I can't. I, my Irish accent is horrible. I'm sorry, Anthony. If you if you're Shut still listening your to this, fucking mouth. Ah, oh, fellas. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> there's there's no shortage of words to literally describe what happened. And I mean, people know we can talk, and we're gonna talk about this entire event. But this main event alone, in my opinion, it lived up to the hype. People are dissecting it and disappointed. It only went one round. I'm like, guys, the first fight was only quick, and so was the second one. Like, mm-hmm. we weren't expecting this to be a five round slobber knocker. And if you were, yeah. you're not watching. Like, Check you our don't yes, <laughs> they're all knocko first, second, <laughs> third round. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. And I mean, yeah, we got that on the wrong side. And we'll get to our our, our fight picks at the end of the show here. But to me, it lived up to the hype, man. But there's no dispute. Poirier was putting on a whooping and if that yep. fight continued into the second round and Mr. McGregor's leg didn't crack like a Kit Kat then fuck it was over man it was over I don't know like, about that that's it there you go okay so I'm gonna ask the question I have written down and I guess we can go to that as kind of the follow-up so I'll start with you truth because you kind of cut into that one <laughs> is Connor done and I mean simple and plain we all know he's not done but is he done if you know what I mean, broken leg, broken ego. He's the biggest sports draw of all time. And I'm not just talking about combat sports or mixed martial arts. He's arguably the biggest sports draw of all time. He's on par with the soccer players and the formula one drivers. He's right there. There's no denying his star power, but from a pure competitive standpoint, is he done? And then I guess if you guys want to dribble into the second round (laughs) hypothesis, we can get into that. But Truth, you go first, my man. Are are we done with the best of the notorious one? I don't want to say we're done because obviously that's a that's a pretty bold statement. I want to say the hype train has probably hit a stop for now. Maybe picked up a few pastures, let a couple off for here. All it takes for a guy like Conor McGregor is to come back in one more highlight knockout, and he's right back in the talks with everybody else again. That's the kind of star power Conor McGregor has. So to say that he's done and his career's game over, I don't think so at all. Not even a little bit. I mean, look at this hype he had now. Dustin Poirier is one of the most humblest guys out there, but even Conor McGregor can still get arena people to boo him. You know what I'm saying? If he was in any other fight, Dustin would be getting cheered that whole time. So, I mean, do I think it's 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 over for Connor? Uh, no, not really. But it's going to take a good highlight real KO in his, in his return, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. to get him back on track and get fans to forget about whatever happened. Because as soon as that happens, the fans are going to completely forget about this Dustin Poirier trilogy. Yeah, that is a good point. But, I mean, Mr. White did not leave out the fact that there would be a number four. And it sounds like Dana, Coach Kavanaugh are talking about a number four and – Dustin Poirier didn't leave or, yeah, number four either. He said himself, go. he goes, oh, we're going to fight again, whether it's in the sidewalk or the octagon. Yeah. We're fighting again, he said. Bingo. So, <laughs> Dustin Poirier is right. Bingo. But so the bro- second round, the second round theory. Okay, okay, okay. I was going to ask Drew a question first, but you go first. Go first. I want to hear this. If you're a UFC fan, you know how predictable these fucking fights are. And I'm going to give you one example, and that's all I'm going to need to say. When we had uh, Derek Lewis getting his ass whooped, for th- uh, th- three or five rounds, whatever it was, there yeah. was said seconds left in the fight, uh, Alexander Volkov. And what happened? Derek Lewis cracked him with one shot. All he had left, got the KO, got the win. These fights are unpredictable, man, because that's all it takes is one shot. That's we it. all know how quick Dustin is. We all know how quick Connor is. One shot, that's all it takes. They got back up. 
and you've seen it. They were both like they they were good. And so all it takes is one crack. I'm not throwing the towel on Conor McGregor in that fight whatsoever. It was he was getting handled in the first round, no doubt about it. There Straight was. Up. You know, but at the same time, he pulled out guillotines. He was defending himself. He took a couple of good punches, obviously, but they got back up on the feet, and that's where it's dangerous. So nah. I don't think it was over whatsoever. It's not over until he's sleeping and Herbine or whoever is <laughs> yeah. pulling off. Or his Porter. leg snaps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Brew, you, like I, have suffered from a, a multitude of injuries in your life, mm-hmm. and you know when you have one, you don't come back the same way, or you got to rehab twice as hard to get to a point that you were at before. Yeah. Truth is right. Skill set wise, we know that Conor McGregor is not done. And that is really the point of my question when I say he's not done. But is he done? The ego is definitely dented. I don't care that this man is laying on the ground with a broken leg, screaming into a microphone about the man's wife being his D. I don't care. That's Conor McGregor. That's the actor. Yeah. And like Khabib yeah. said, is this real? We don't know if this is real. We've known this guy has been real for the last forever, but he showed a different card in the last fight. Yeah. And that's the Conor McGregor that he wants us all to know him as. Mm-hmm. But he went right back to being old Connor. But is now, are we seeing the real Connor? The man's leg was broken on the ground. Those are pure emotions. I know that we're laughing at the guy. But physically speaking, can he come back, man? I, it, it just, it pains me because every guy who comes back from a broken leg does not matter the sport, man. They never really truly recover. So, mm-hmm. Brew, when you got all the money in the world and you're doing your rehab on a yacht, man, like we're talking about, is his head going to be there? Is yeah. this the, this like, is this it? I'm, I'm with truth. I don't think he's done. As far as the injuries, I would say a good 99% of guys never come back the same. You know, there's a couple of basketball players that, are, that have come close. I mean, Kevin Durant, people like that, but I mean, it, it's so tough, man. It's tough to see. You know, I think everyone just because of who he is was like, oh, good for him. And the memes are going. I, I shared a meme, too. They're funny. I guess to touch on the, the second round thing, too, was the same. I agree with Truth. I think who knows what would happen, you know. And, I mean, Dustin was handling him on the ground, but they did get back up. And uh, that guy's that guy's got a fighter spirit. He's Irish. You know what I mean? It's just he's got a lot of people riding for him. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, the talk is the talk. I do agree that the – I guess the Connor that the, the general fan sees is that the brash guy and we see the hardworking guy. I think he's going to be back. I don't agree fully that he's dented his confidence necessarily. Cause I look at, you know me, my comparisons, I'm not going to go to, to, to swimming right now. But <laughs> 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 I'm not, not going to bring water polo into the mix. What? Discus, discus. <laughs> Some shot foot, but no, so I'm going to compare this. I'm going to compare Conor McGregor to Cassidy, the rapper right now. Oh, okay. Cassidy's I come back. He's had three or four battles yeah, think- after not losing a battle for 10, 20 years straight. And if you watch his battle since he's come back into the battle rap full, battle rap has changed. But he's shown out every time and he walks away from every battle saying he won, even though clearly in like battle rap fans or judge's eyes, he didn't at least the first one or two. Uh, she, the last one he came out and just murdered, uh, you know, Hitman Hollow, but he Cassidy right away after every battle is right on Instagram live. Like I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. I do think Juan McGregor has that confidence. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it takes a lot to get in the ring with probably the greatest boxer of all time. You know what I mean? And actually make it a, a pro bout. It's not what Logan did you know, and, and do an exhibition telling the guy, chill, champ, chill, like, don't fucking kill me. You know what I mean? It, he actually fought an actual fight with, with one of the greatest boxers ever. And duped you know? him. And duped yeah, him. Yeah, well, he held his own. And, I mean, you know, a boxing purist is going to say, you know, Mayweather takes a few rounds to get going. He's trying to feel the guy, which he did. But, I mean, he still lasted seven rounds longer than 
some other guys did. Would probably the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, one thing I'll say about his his ego being in question, so to speak. If anything, this is gonna push his ego past even further because this is giving yeah. him the prime excuse that I didn't yeah. lose. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I've heard like, that yeah. a couple times over the last couple of days, and like a buddy yeah. of mine said, it's also a break. You know, he's yeah. taking breaks, yeah. but he's still in the media. He's pushing the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. He's this. He's that. You yeah. know, the whiskey business is sold now. He can't do some of the press stuff he was going to do after the fight because he's rehabbing. Yeah. He's not in the gym. He's not calling the next fighter out because he didn't beat Dustin mm-hmm. or lost to Dustin yeah. and trying to keep himself relevant. Yeah. He's now stuck for, I think they said something crazy. Like he could have that, that bone fused and healed within six weeks. That's yeah. how successful the surgery was. And I was like, Oh yeah. my God. Well, and He's in the best shape of his life too. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's not going to be a huge people see when they see it are like, Oh my God. But it's, yeah, it's actually better. That's a clean break. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, no, go according ahead. to this here, according to the injury suspension, Conor McGregor must receive clearance from an orthopedic doctor for a fractured leg or no contest until, or no contact until January 7th. Uh, the minimum suspension, no contest. So that's six months. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. That's proper thing. That, I mean, he broken leg. Yeah. Train. He doesn't need to do, any calf kicks in training, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, Chris, I do, I just want to say too, like, yeah, it's because it's Connor too. The immediate sort of uh, thing was he's done, he's done, he's done. Look at when Anderson Silva fought Weidman and did this. You know what I mean? A lot of, even though he was way older, people didn't say it about him. Some people did, but to me, it goes back to, we talk about this all the time. I'm big keen on it is, is the fair weather fan, the general fan. Mm-hmm. Because they hate him, they watch these fights to watch him lose. That's They're going to say point. he's done. That's they didn't say point. it about Silva because Silva didn't have that. You know, they sort of heal. I guess would come from the wrestling world. He didn't mm-hmm. have that about him. And the reason I say he's not done, bro, is if I'm looking right, I'll just pull it up right now just to show you. Um, so Anderson Silva, at at his age, at Conor McGregor's age, wasn't even in the UFC yet, right? Mm-hmm. And then advancing past his age, he beat Chris Lieben. Rich Franklin, Travis Luter, Nate Marquardt, Rich Franklin again, Dan Henderson, James Irwin, Patrick Cote, Tyus Latis, Forrest Griffin, Damian Maya, Chael Sonnen twice, Vitor Belfort, Okami, and, and, and Stefan Bonner, and then Derek mm-hmm. Brunson. You know what I mean? Like, that's all well into his 40s. So I, I do agree, I think, with the big money, Connor maybe sometimes isn't sort of the fighter he could be because he doesn't have the hunger. But if anyone's going to be that rich guy and have the hunger, it's him because he's just that that fighter. You know, he has the fighter spirit. So. He could fight. He could fight well into his late thirties, early forties, if he wants. I don't see it happening. I think like a thirty-six, thirty-seven. Man, but I, yeah, I don't discount him at all. Or like a buddy of mine said, maybe this is the push into boxing, because boxing, as much as it requires your leg work and your footwork, it requires a heck of a lot less in terms of strenuation and different <laughs> mood. You know what I'm saying? MMA yeah. is very different. Yeah. He could take a year, year and a half off. Manny Pacquiao's fighting Errol Spence here soon. Maybe Manny loses and he's looking for that money fight in a year. They've yeah. been talking about it. The perfect Connor's deal with UFC look like. Uh, this is what was something that we talked yeah. about in the chat that I was actually going to say for once we started the 10 count, but it's a very good question. And I've discussed this with you guys before, and I've discussed this with many people before. But I do like, have the info too if you want to hear it. Yeah, real quick before, yeah, I get to my point. Uh, yeah. yeah, before you get to your point. So he find us he signed a six fight deal with okay. the first matchup being the the Khabib fight. Uh, on October oh, 6th, at UFC 229. Shout okay. out to Brew for so he, finding the details. 
So that's yeah, I'm, a, I'm a quick Googler, but um, that means yeah, two so fights our, left. All right, young Jamie over there. there. <laughs> yeah, because that's two fights left. Because <laughs> that's a yeah. uh, so before Khabib he signed the deal or after? Khabib was the first fight of the deal. So he yeah so Khabib Cerrone, yeah. and then Poirier twice. So he's got two de- two fights left. Yeah. Now this is an interesting one. He's done so much for Dana. I I would hate to see it because Dana's got people locked on these one fights like GSP. Dana let him go knowing that he gets money because he did let him do it for Floyd. So even if he has a fight left on his contract, two fights left on his contract, Dana made a ton of money off of fucking Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Why can't Dana make money off of Manny Pacquiao versus Conor McGregor? Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor. Like who knows? Maybe even Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. I mean, we're talking like four, five, six years down the road, maybe when Dustin's done and that kind of leads perfectly to the next question. Are we disrespecting the shit out of this man? Because here we are over a half hour into the podcast. This man beat Conor McGregor. He's now on the doorstep of a title fight with Charles Oliveira. And we're not even talking about his incredible performance, composure. We're talking about Conor. Is he done? Conor showed something. It's the same as the second fight. There was still striking ability there. There was still a strategy there. There was still something there from Conor. And Dustin found a way to deal with another different style of Conor. So I guess question number one, are we disrespecting Dustin Poirier? Do you think that this is just, you know, the the cash cow that Conor McGregor is, that he takes the attention away from people? Or do you think that it's just the fickleness of MMA fans, I suppose, is like the, the leads in? And I guess is Oliveira the biggest challenge of his career. Now we know he's fought Khabib. We know he's fought all these other people, but this is a matchup that actually twists Dustin Poirier, the boxer into a different stratosphere, because this is a guy who can dodge the punches. McGregor will take the punches. Even Khabib will take the punches. Gaethje will take the punches. All these guys will take the punches, but Oliveira has a way of evasion. So uh, I don't know who wants to kick off. I guess we'll go with you truth just for shits and giggles. Are we disrespecting Mr. Poirier? And in terms of the Oliveira matchup, is this it? I don't know if that's his biggest matchup. I mean, and you look at the last people he's beaten over the last while, it's, it's it's incredible that he hasn't already been crowned champion yet. But then you realize Khabib was on top at that point in time, and it's like, okay, it makes sense. But looking at the names he's beaten, I don't know if Oliveira has a chance at this point. I really don't. Like, Dustin seems to be on his own level, literally. Like, ever since he says he's, you know, he doesn't all the talk and all that stuff is just noise. He's literally just there to fight. That's it. You know what I mean? It's he's he just seemed to tap into something that he I don't know. It's maybe it was the Khabib loss just being manhandled like that. Khabib has these effect on these guys, man. We talked about this before. When you go through a Khabib fight, you either come out of it two ways. You either come out of it going, I'm fucked or you come out of it going, I got to fucking switch. The, you know, I got to flip mm. a switch somewhere. And-, and and not to cut you off, just a real quick point, not to put poor, your poor fuel on the Khabib quit fire, but this is why Khabib is strategic and doesn't want to fight anybody twice. He's yeah. a smart man. You Magician keep that. Mis- does the same trick twice. Bingo. Sorry. Continue, brother. No, and that's pretty well it. So it's like, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm thinking Dustin Poirier, man, he, he there's some switch that went off in his head, and I don't know if that's going to be turned off anytime soon. I really don't. So do, do you think, think we it's the disrespect? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, do yeah. I think we were disrespecting them and, and whatever? I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know. Well, I mean, none of us picked them. Yeah, so, but you at the same time, it's, you know, we're, we're all looking at the, the realism of the situation. It's, I think it would be us disrespecting Connor to not look at it at his way, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if it was really disrespectful. Overlooking might be a better word to use, mm-hmm. if anything. Mm-hmm. But you were talking about the fans booing, and I yeah. you know, maybe that's what tapped that inner energy. Like the second fight, I actually mentioned this um, on that episode that we recorded that it felt like that was the most even crowd. That felt like an even crowd. It was, I mean, it, this was a long time ago, mind you. And it was like the last kind of like, you know, but they only had like how many people there? 2,500, 3,000 people. Like they barely fought in front of anybody, if I'm not mistaken. Cause it was over Fight Island, correct? Yes. Yeah. I think it was one of the very first ones with fans and like, there were no boos. Like it was like that crowd wanted to see the both of them. So coming into the third fight, I was surprised that that place became boo birds for Dustin Poirier. But like you said, that's the power of Conor McGregor. So, you know, maybe it isn't a disrespect thing and brew, you know, the same questions to you. Like, do you think we disrespected him, et cetera, et cetera. But um, more so, I guess, focused on the Oliveira fight. Like what's your thoughts on that matchup now that it's pretty much locked in? I, I do. I, it's just one of these shows. I, I definitely agree with truth. I mean, it, Dustin Poirier was released like immediately after the McGregor fight is the favorite to beat Oliveira. I think it's warranted. I don't know if he'll walk over him. I mean, um, he did, he did say in the post fight press conference that he needs to like really get in the gym and, and up his, uh, his be, you know, his jujitsu. Oh yeah. Um, big time. Obviously he's a black belt since 2017, but Oliveira's is third degree. You know, I think since, he got his first one like over a decade ago. And that doesn't always matter, bro, in a fight. You know what I mean? You can catch a leg or whatever. But although Poirier is a black belt, I do think he doesn't want a part of Oliveira on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oliveira has the last couple of fights shown that he can scrap. He can yeah. get in there and punch. But I think that's a huge mistake if he's going to do that with Poirier. That's the mistake. thing. The right? last so, few years, he hasn't yeah. faced Dustin Poirier. Yeah. 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 So does that turn him into a Damon Maya where it's like, struggle struggle takedown take you know what i mean like takedown mm. time because poirier will be ready for that too so i mean yeah i think i think oliver has a chance but i just i think it's dustin poirier's time and if khabib never comes back i i could see poirier even even though that division is amazing i could see him defend that title probably four or five times before you know maybe taking that first loss or losing mm-hmm. that belt and it's funny well, you I mean, say that because I was oh sorry uh, truth that I was just talking to my girl earlier today like Henry Cejudo has to come back and yeah. he will come back. Yeah. Does Khabib have to come back? And I feel no. like, but but if a Dustin Poirier does what Brew just said, wins four or five in a row, that's the enticing type of thing where Khabib only has to come back, beat that guy once, go to thirty and zero, and then. That conversation is there. You know, the GSP conversation was debatable until he came back and beat Bisbing. And then it became a no doubter for most people. You know, for me personally, it's still debatable. I would have liked to have seen him defend the middleweight belt once. Yeah. But, you know, let bygones be bygones, Mr. White. Let the man go. Uh, (laughs) But that's part of my point is, is this has that kind of effect in a weird way. If Poirier wins a couple fights, maybe Khabib is like, you know what? There is my challenge. There is the challenge because he's quoted saying he's not impressed with them. He walked through everybody. He's not impressed with anybody. It's going to take somebody to do this for an extended period of time. I think for Khabib to be impressed and want to give it a shot. So, um, but yes, it was, like I said, boys, uh, the entire card lived up to the hype and we're about to break it down. The first event I watched from start to finish since I don't know when um, I can pinpoint it. It was actually, I think, before my son was born. Uh, shout out to you, Brew, with the new uh, terrible. I forgot the name. Uh, fatherhood Stories. Uh, true, true Fatherhood Stories. True Fatherhood Stories. True Fatherhood Stories hey. podcast. Brand new. Go check that out. It's just on Spotify or everywhere. 
uh, Spotify and Anchor. It, it will be on some more platforms soon, but I just wanted to throw that first episode up on Spotify and go from there. Don't expect it on Apple anytime soon. If, if you <laughs> if you get your podcast on Apple within the next week, I will be very impressed because those guys are bad, man. Those yeah, guys I've are heard. bad, but uh, a beautiful 20 minutes, brother. Like Truth was saying, man, uh, I was going to tell my thoughts in the chat um but now we're on the air and i'm kind of giving you a little mini plug as we uh, bridge between the main event and the rest of the card i was it was fun man and like i said it's always fun to hear stories about your father um and it's also cool to see how those stories and those lessons that you learned are translating and i've honestly it's uh, it reminded me a lot of myself like me and my father were not particularly close uh because he was in the navy and it wasn't until he retired and i moved back home after my second breakup and move out moving you know how the world goes yep. um me and my father got close and you know, we fought, we argued, and he was tough on me. And same thing, man. I would talk shit about my dad, but not in a bad way, but in a I never understood way. And it took me having a kid for me to understand that my dad's silent but deadly way of being a father was the most effective strategy because I yeah. feel like I'm my father in so many ways with my own son. So yeah. um, beautiful work, brother. Keep it going. Like Truth said, I can't wait to just be on and talk and, and, yeah. and be a part of the format, man. It's a beautiful thing, but... Um, moving on, I suppose. I don't even know where I was trying to get to when I got to that. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to get to the rest of the card quickly, fellas. We'll start with Wonder Boy versus Gilbert Burns. I think we all picked. No, actually, I think you picked Burns. Somebody picked Burns. Who I'm the only Burns? one to pick Burns. That's right. Wonderboy. Yes. And honestly, Wonder Boy looked wonderful. Yes. Um, but my goodness gracious, you want to talk about a game plan. There's so much controversy, if you will, if the ref should have let Gilbert Burns up a couple times, et cetera, et cetera. I love Gilbert Burns's strategic and calculated way of throwing a strike every three, four, five seconds while being heavy and lazy. I ain't mad at him. And I was just watching Paul Felder do the kind of unwind show um here just like before we went on the air and he was actually talking about that and it was a point that i wanted to share with you guys as well so i'm glad a professional shares the same kind of opinion we watched george do this for years we've watched uh khabib do this for years you know they're not the most exciting fighters all the time it takes a strategy gilbert burns was this close to winning a title and we've seen it before guys go on two three four fight winning streaks after having that main event having that title shot that they lost and still not getting that title shot. Dana wants entertainment. Dana wasn't a fan of the fight. So it's a weird one where Burns did what he had to do, knowing he had to win to stay in the picture, but because he didn't entertain, and if he tried to entertain, he was going to get caught by Wonder Boy, yep. he's out of the picture completely because Wonder Boy is boom. Brew, with you first, I suppose, my friend. Um, what was it, motivation for Burns? Did Wonder Boy just not expect what was coming? What do you think was the difference behind the scenes that brought to this that brought the fight to the surface? I suppose. Um, I think just I think Burns was hungry, man. I, I think he got humbled like a motherfucker in that fight, and he wants back. Um, you know, not saying whether Usman's champ. If that makes happen again, cool. If he is, cool. If he's not, he just wants to get back. You can tell, man. He's just hungry as fuck. He, he's a, you know, just amazing athlete. Thompson, I, I just thought Thompson was going to win. I, I, you know, me and my research, I quoted Burns only has like a 30 percent. <laughs> you know, but he, he was not he was not being stopped, man. And I mean, and he looked uh, good, too. That's why I have oh, to yeah. give Burns credit, yeah. because Wonder Boy looked yeah. good. And oh, you yeah. know how he is. He's spacious with his stance. Yeah, he was. But that's what happens at the top, bro. It's, it's mm -hmm. any you chuck any two top eight guys. 
it doesn't matter the style. Like the the, the loser's always gonna look good. I feel like you know what I mean. Unless the uh, the well winner said. just really well dominates said. the whole time. And I mean to go back to the Khabibs and the GSPs, like you know, for me, like my all time greatest fighter, all time favorite fighter to watch is Anderson Silva. And I had this conversation maybe, I think it was last summer with somebody. And the GSPs, if you're not Canadian, if you're Canadian, GSPs probably your favorite fighter of all time. If he's not, he's definitely in your top two or three. And I think the whole con these guys boring is just the general fan again, not to keep time with the Fairweather fans, but yeah, it's it's MMA, it's mixed martial arts. Yep. Every, I mean, if you look at it like this, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but Anderson Silva fought to win. GSP fought not to lose. The same well, way Gilbert Burns, man. you could say he laid on Thompson for a couple rounds, but you like you said, every he knew he just had to throw a couple strikes every couple seconds and keep yeah. him on, on the mat. And you can't blame him, bro. It's within the rules. It is what it is. 100%. You know what I mean? It's also the reason why well, you'll never see, like, you know, boxers come out and Mike Tyson people now. Yeah. Because every, every fighter is so advanced, he's just going to wait till you punch yourself out and then, and then knock you out. You know what yeah. I mean? So, or no, no, go ahead. No, I was just I was just gonna say like it was a risky strategy too for him to go back to what he did in the first round in the third round because Wonder Boy was finding the spots in the second round, yeah. and for Burns to like you know not panic, yeah. not try to go toe to toe with Wonder Boy <laughs> and to go back to the bread and butter that won in the first round to me, good for him, you know really honestly good for him. I wanted to see Wonder Boy take this last push towards a title, <laughs> but good for Burns man because yeah. you said it far too often entertainment. And trying to put on a show, it, it puts pressure on these guys where they actually yeah. get away from their strategies. And then next thing you know, their careers are over. Look at Tony Ferguson. So, you know, I, I'm happy for Burns. Um, Truth, I, I guess my question for you is, does that strategy have an absolute chance in hell against a Kamaru Usman or a Colby Covington? we already seen that it doesn't really work against Usman. Mm-hmm. Usman is his own machine right now. He really is when it comes to wrestling. And apparently he's got hands too. So it's a... Uh, these guys explode into stardom sometimes and you know sometimes you make it and sometimes it just eats you apart and guys like Usman they they just eat it alive they 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 take the success and they and they take it whatever and it motivates them more than anything that's why they're so successful i really don't even know if gilbert burns has what it takes at this particular moment yet to have a rematch with kamaru usman he came into the the wonder boy fight with the perfect strategy the perfect game plan that's why it worked it was the same. It's the Tyrone Woodley syndrome when he was facing Damian Maya and when he faced Wonder Boy. You know what I mean? Like it's the same thing. When you're go when you're going against a guy like that, you can't play to their strengths whatsoever. What's Wonder Boy's strength? He's a kickboxer. There's no if ands or buts about it. So what do you got to do? You got to put him to the ground and keep his feet out of your face. <laughs> Simple. Mm-hmm. So it's you know what I mean. He had he knew what he wanted to do going into the fight. He knew he had redemption to make in off his last fight. He had the perfect game plan. There's no other if fans bots about it. What he's going to do next, I really don't know yet. I really don't know yet. It is a weird one because it is a case where maybe Dana just waits to see when Camaro fights Colby, whether it's later this year, early next year. Gilbert Burns doesn't have to rush. He did what he had to do. Yeah. You know, he can almost find himself in that position by waiting. But at the same time, that's a division that's about to get crowded again, too. We're just talking about the lightweight division. Who knows who wins this weekend? If Makachev wins, then now suddenly you have a whole other piece in that puzzle. So, you know, welterweight, it's getting there, too. And 
You know, that, that that was a big performance, in my opinion, for Gilbert Burns, just to keep himself on the tracks. Yeah. Uh, maybe we see that entertaining Gilbert Burns next fight. But I mean, in this case, he didn't need to be. And we all know Wonder Boy can be entertaining. I always find it really accomplishing as a fan. And, you know, we're talking about the Fairweather fans, the fans that were booing Burns. I was impressed because Wonder Boy was gaining all that momentum in the second round. And I, I'm always impressed when a guy can find a way in the third round against all momentum to stunt yeah. The other fighters momentum and take it themselves so much the respect just want to tune in and see an o'malley fight every single fight pretty much <laughs> yeah pretty yeah. much speaking yeah. of let's get to him next i was gonna <laughs> yeah good one good one. <laughs> oh wait wait chris yeah i you know i do this every couple of questions i do have a hypothetical for you too okay before just because it's about this fight in saying what you guys the narrative you guys are saying with burns he doesn't necessarily deserve a jump back to the title right I think we all sort of agreed that Leon Edwards probably deserves a title shot. And this is yeah. the thing, right? So here, like, here's here's my thing on this. So let's say Wonderboy was pretty much told, you win this fight, there's a good chance. He might even jump past Edwards, right? So he lost. Burns already fought him. Edwards is next. Hypothetically, if Colby wins. That's why I said both Do you names. do a Burns versus Edwards, and the winner of that mm-hmm. fight's Colby? Or if it's mm-hmm. Usman, do you just – put Edwards up into the mix bingo you're 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 on my wavelength you're on my wavelength because that's why I said at the start Usman or Colby and I mean it's for obvious reasons here's the only issue though once again Leon Edwards is getting pushed to the back I don't know about that though I don't know about that push the back but the guy should be in line right now he should be on the next pay-per-view but here's 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 my thing though here's my thing though if if Burns gets fast-tracked I doubt it because Dana said you know what I'm saying like if Burns yeah but let's just say if Burns does get fast tracked and he fights the loser of Colby versus Usman, Leon's sitting there and doesn't have to fight. And then he gets the loser or the winner of that. I don't think he gets the loser of that. And I don't think he gets the loser of Covington Usman. I don't think Dane is going to make him do that fight. I really don't. Yeah. I don't that's, think that's where I'm just lost at. I don't get where, why Covington has a shot over Edwards right now. Like, yeah, it's a weird one. It's the money. That's the money. It's the money. It's man. That's the money. And I'm going to, it's the Connor Colby. We're talking hashtag. rematches, bro. We're talking rematches. Yeah. That's the rematch that people money. want. It wasn't man. even a close fight in the first one. That's my point. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Oh, Covington and uh, Usman, bro. It was close. He shattered his jaw, bro. Usman, Usman won more. Like, like they say it was two, two going into the fifth. I don't believe that it was three, one Usman going into the fifth, but those were close. Every round don't, was don't get me wrong. I'm giving Covington uh, total tough points for, you know, mm-hmm. toughing it out and doing whatever with a broken jaw. But I mean, he got taken care of, man. There was no, I wasn't watching that fight going, I don't know, man. Usman might lose this. Uh, you know, I, that never crossed my mind once, not even once. But you know what? We got that performance out of Usman because he thought that. And that's yeah. a mentality yeah. that, a I, not, yeah, like not many fighters have that. And I think in this case with O'Malley and Matinho, obviously O'Malley was winning, but he was acting like, well, shit. I got to finish this guy because he might yeah. catch me. I felt like Nostradamus with this one, boys. You I remember the chat and, you know, we were talking yeah. and I like I was so upset because I took a gamble with that prediction saying O'Malley by decision. But watching this Matinho guy reading up on his scouting report, mm-hmm. he had defense. The kicker was he had he no defense. <laughs> the, man's, the man's defense was his cheek, his forehead, and under his left eye. He like, left he, it on his carry-on bag. Like, goodness. <laughs> but a valiant performance to a T. 
Um, I, you know, we discussed in the, and, you know, I think it's the first time me and Brew got into real disagreement. Yeah. Um, I have gone much further on your side of the, of the barrier. I remember even saying to you guys, I would love to see Herb Dean on a podcast or something mm-hmm. this week to explain not only the Conor Poirier fight, but this fight, you know, the mercy stoppage, if you will, with 30 seconds left, like the guy just got his face beat in for 14 and a half minutes, Herb, but fighter safety is important. And I honestly think now that I've kind of rest, you know, settled, mad that I didn't get my three points, <laughs> but now that I've settled on what's happened, I think that it is a good example of what to do to protect a fighter because it doesn't happen very often. We don't see that very often. We see the ref let that get, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and Matinho wasn't happy. He did a, I think he did an interview with MMA junkie and TMZ which just goes to show you he's getting paid to do interviews too if he's not doing general media. Um, But he was mad at the stoppage. And I think he was mad at the stoppage because that narrative, I went three rounds, lost by decision. I don't think anything's damaged. I think this kid did himself justice. He made me look like a fucking genius. And I'm looking at it going, I don't think any of the sports forecasters out there predicting it going this long. I'm laughing. Uh, Chris, on the other hand, had a, had a different thought. Oh, yeah. shout out to Glendon, man. He messaged me. He said, you said that. And I found the timestamp on the podcast. And I said, listen to this part right here. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I'll start with you, Truth, this time, because I'm trying to get the order right. I'm, I don't even know why I'm worried about the order, man. This is informal. <laughs> Um, but I guess like, I'm curious to see what's next for this kid, but I mean, the logical thing is what's next for O'Malley. What's his stock look like right now? We all, I mean, I'm sure if you listen to the last show, you all heard us praise O'Malley, how much we love him, his TikToks and his videos and his cocky ways. And, but I have to admit, man, my, my opinion may have shifted quite a little bit after this fight. And it's mostly because it's like, here it is, this newcomer to the UFC, 28 years old. He, he wasn't, you know, a superstar before the UFC. He was, you know, he was competitive or whatever. But 10 days notice, and here's this superstar, Sean O'Malley, doing basketball fucking moves and shit in the middle of the fight. And here we are, you know, getting into later rounds, and he still can't put this kid away. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm half at the point now where it's like, uh, Garbrandt responded to said he's not going to happen, but a guy like Garbrandt, I want him to see him fight a real guy and get his fucking clock cleaned and hopefully humble him a little bit. Cause the fact that he's still denying his loss to Cheeto, I'm just like, come on, bro. Like give him Cheeto again. Let's see. You know what I mean? Like that's uh, what I'm know. saying, man. Give him OCC right now. Give him so, Cheeto right now. You know, my, my, my opinion, uh, O'Malley is really flipped a little bit. Like, I, I get it. You want to be the highlight kid and I get it. You want to do it, but you're starting to make a joke of the MMA and it's, it's, mm. I don't know if I'm quite the fan of that is what I was say yeah. last week. So I feel that I think a lot of people are on that trajectory. And like, even at the end of the fight, you know, the fans are booing obviously that the fight was stopped, but I heard a few boos when Joe had the mic in front of O'Malley's mouth. That's something I never would have expected. And O'Malley saved face by giving the kid props right off the bat. Now, he, he, he was talking to. about him seeing triple in the press conference and trying to really keep his, you know, aura built up, 80% striking. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to Chris Matinho, man. All the props in the world to that kid. And we've been talking about money. He ended up getting the bonus. Brew, my question for you, which is something I actually read on Twitter that I, I really, really, really want to talk about in length when we have more time. 
Should fighters who come in on short notice get an automatic bonus? If you asked me before I saw the performance, I'd say no. Uh, <laughs> Matino came in and fought his heart out. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I followed him on um, Instagram after the fact. And he went to fucking work Monday, bro. He trains wow. kids, trains kids at a local gym, and he was there Monday with his face looking like messed up, man. His yeah, face that was just shows up. he should have sat in bed for two K bonus in the bank, and he still went yeah. to work. Yeah, wow. like any regular dude, bro, would have took a week, two weeks off. He was back in the gym, he, you know, and he said like it's all about the kids, man. That's why he does this. So Dana's got to watch this him. kid, man. Dana's got to oh, watch yeah. this kid. Yeah, He's and there... props to him. I, I, as far as the fighter pay, I, I don't think automatically they should. Uh, if it's I don't know because then you're it, it's slippery slope. Do you know what I mean? Because you know a guy that comes in and and you know like when we had Chandler waiting on the wings, they still get paid. Well, let's say he goes into the into the fight, he's not just asking for the 30, 40 grand. He's like, well, am I getting another three hundred? You know what I mean? I don't see, I can't see Dana doing that. But you know, I do the think whole... there should be some kind of bonus for like you know if you get a call and say do you want to fight in three days, like you know here's and there might be that we don't know about behind yeah. the scenes, it but truth be, yeah. truth to your point, I want that to be public, yeah, because I want more fighters mm-hmm. to be with that any day any time mentality, like a yeah. Max Holloway, like an RDA, like a Michael Chandler, <clears throat> like these guys travel to every event, they're in every mm-hmm. city. Dana knows mm-hmm. they're ready to go. If yeah. Holloway was cleared. He would have ended up being the backup for um, McGregor Poirier this weekend. So it's like, I I think that if the bonus is there and and we're talking about fighter pay, training, it costs money, all this other stuff, but you will see a mentality where more guys and girls are like, I will fight any man, any wake, any day, anytime, because that kitty is sitting there. If you know what I'm saying, I see what you're saying, bro. It is a slippery slope because (laughs) you'll have like 90% of the card making less than the person who showed up on three days notice. Or or you're just going to have people like uh, Rafael DeSanjos and guys like that being like calling Dana off the hook. Well, yeah, I'm there. I'm there for this fight. You know what I mean? It's there's two, there's two sides to it. You know, there's two sides to everything, but Dana's Dana's known for making the rich richer. I just can't see it. And I don't know if you guys saw, but the, um, the venom, uh, percentages got paid out too yeah so i did see Matino that. actually got actually got a cut of that which is a pretty sizable cut for being on the main card or the you know the main card so yeah you know but i mean as far as my take on the, the o'malley thing too is you know i do think like what you said with he's, he's losing a bit of the fans but i mean from my end he's also still young but i do think he needs that like the big name that's gonna ko him and and they he needs to understand you know, I, I might be the man, but I'm not the man anymore. And I want to get back to that. So, yeah. you know, m- many props to Matino and he did his thing. He, he probably fought his way into maybe three or four year career, maybe more with the UFC. Um, I do think, you know, with Dana saying that he, I was surprised honestly to see Dana back Herb Dean. He said he, if he was a ref, he might've stopped it before the middle of the second yeah. round. Yeah. And you, yeah, you know? we talked about this, like between the first and the second, I was actually surprised. Yeah. That my thing, my out. thing with it is just like, from watching the fight, if I'm thinking as, as a boxing mind, you get that guy that on 10 days notice or whatever it was, who's just coming and coming and coming and coming. I, I didn't see O'Malley really try to put him out. Do you know what I mean? Like he was a lot of his punches yeah. were jabs. I think you said that too, Truth, didn't you? Like he was hitting him, but like he could have finished him. Well, And, and you this see is why my buddy talking, was saying. Right? Because I think you guys so, disagreed with me like in saying that he wasn't using the ring time or like using the, the cage time. But like my buddy said that and I, I, I'm – kind of agreeing with him i think that o'malley maybe not underestimated this kid 
but knew he was picking him apart. Knew, I mean, the kid was hitting him, but was the kid hitting him that hard? It looked hard, but like my buddy said, it didn't really look that hard. It was just rare. So every time he caught him, we were like, oh shit, oh shit. He's like, but that comes down to. That comes down to the inexperience of a fighter, yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. a fighter is going to know yeah. that you can't toy around with another fighter like that. You got to end your yeah. fight as quick as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's we've seen Hardy judging syndrome. before. We've seen judging before. You can't let it go into the hands of the judges. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He could have been toying apart the whole time, and the judge is like, "This kid got hurt. I'm giving him a nine eight or a ten nine yeah. round." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's you can't you can't test the shit, man. That's where the inexperience comes in with O'Malley. And brute took the words out my mouth, and it segues perfect to our. I'm, I'm going to say second Segway. last. Yeah. Uh, our, our second last. We need a sound effect for the segue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the daily double Jeopardy sound. Just for <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yes, the Greg Hardy syndrome. I know I can't get there. I got to do it now. Or I'm so cocky that I think I know I can get there. I'm not worried about the now. And we've seen Greg Hardy on both ends of that boat. And boys, oh boys, did we ever see it on? <laughs> he was got. <laughs> Listen, I keep saying to everybody, he hit Ty Tuvasa with that punch. Like I've rewatched that knockout. I don't know how many dozens of times because it's nice to see Greg Hardy's bum ass get knocked out. But he hit Ty Tuvasa. Ty Tuvasa was on skates for a quick second. Yep. If Greg, and again, I felt like Nostradamus with this one too because I went back to listen. I was like, holy fuck, I called this. Greg Hardy didn't have the forward step. Mm-hmm. What he literally was working on, that forward jab, forward hook that he's improved so well, which has got him into a spot to fight somebody like Ty Tuvasa. Mm-hmm. When he hit Ty, he should have dove in. He didn't. He hesitated. He tried to find a little pocket. Boom. He got eaten. I don't know what the hell Greg Hardy's future is. People are talking about he showed enough by landing that one punch. Other people are saying Dana White needs to put this experiment on the back burner give this guy a year off, make him really work on things and then maybe bring him back for, I don't know how many more fights. I think somebody says he's got two left, but one's an option. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny even buys him out before that second to last fight. So uh, I guess I'll start with you on this one truth uh, because brew picked Mr. Hardy to win by knockout. <laughs> um, is Tai Tuvasa a star Perfect decision. Oh, did you pick it? Oh, that's right. You did pick decision. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, we had the same. The, we had the same idea that boys are going to gas each other out the first round. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I had the other way. I thought Ty was going to win. Yeah. Is this man a star? And if not, what makes him a star? Because we're talking about the heavyweight division. As much as it's intriguing, there's not a lot of character outside of Derek Lewis. So this guy is not only just one of the in terms of the light heavyweight and heavyweight mix, the big boy division, he's probably got more character than anybody in the UFC. Um, So I I guess, is this a good thing or a bad thing for Ty Tuvasa in a way that he's got this character and that Dana might just try to get him on TV as quick as possible. I guess just give me your thoughts on the aura that this man just developed on the weekend. We've, We've seen it before. I mean, he's, he doesn't have the greatest record he's, you know, but he has performed and he has brought out some big finishes but you said it, not that many characters around there. So outside of the octagon, he's just as loved by going out and dumping beer in people's shoes and drinking it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, even win or lose, this man's getting out of the octagon and guys are taking their shoes off. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's he's got love. He has a character. So it's just a matter of 
if he could turn that into a fighter momentum as well and start building up these bigger fights, this win over this this knockout of Greg Hardy is is gonna you know help his momentum quite a bit. It's a matter of who he gets next and what he does with it is gonna be the game breaker for for Mr. Tai Tuivasa. And I'm doing the the check myself. I know they take a minute to do the rankings officially, but some of the unofficial ranking systems are pretty quick. He is up to number 11 on ranking. So he's in that Walt Harris, who's lost three in a row, uh, Sakai, who's lost two in a row, Volkov just lost to Cyril Gant. Like he's in that range and the star power might take him to fight a Volkov, who I think is ranked number seven, eight, seven. I was just going to say a Volkov fight sounds nice. Right? You win that. Now all of a sudden you're in that mix and you are in that mix. Like it's getting crowded again in heavyweight because the John Jones, Stipe, both of these guys waiting for everything, everybody else to fight, get out of the way. Now all of a sudden you've got this guy in the mix. He's like the second act of Derek Lewis in a weird way. The character with the action to back it up. He's just got to do it again. Like you said, next fight he loses. Again, stacked division. He's out of the picture. But that star power might keep him intact. So, um, Brew, since you picked him, um, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, uh, earlier in the show, I guess, earlier in this little quick segment here, is the experiment over for Greg Hardy? Like, if you're his coach and you're Dana White, I guess from both different perspectives, what are you telling Greg Hardy? Is your time up? Do you got to go? Because he always talked about getting into boxing as well. Like, do you switch sports with all the money and everything that, you know, we've been talking about it. Imagine him versus one of these freaking YouTube. You know what I'm saying? It could be there. So if, if, if you're Dana, what's next for Greg Hardy? If you're his coach, what's next for Greg Hardy? I'm so torn on this, man. Just the level of respect I give to, to guys that come from other sports. I know his I know his background, you know, and I have a daughter as well. So there's certain like feelings about the guy. We are also talking about the fight game and most of these guys come from nothing and it's not an excuse, but if you could look into a glass house of half of these boxers and MMA guys, they probably would never fight again if they had the standards that the NFL and the NBA and other places had. So, I mean, you know, I'm not going to hold that against them in the, in the fight game. One thing I do think from Dana's perspective is um, I didn't agree with him bringing Hardy in this early anyway. I think, you know, it's, it's the, um, this was getting this was throwing him in the fire, not to cut you off, bro. Like, I, yeah, yes, because he knew Ty Tuvasa had the star power and yep. the fans loved him. I mean, he's over completely now, but he already yep. had that. Like, my girlfriend, even when I told her that she he was fighting Greg Hardy, she was so happy. <laughs> Same reason, hates Greg Hardy for his past. Yep. And I've mm-hmm. talked to I've talked to her about this. Like a good redemption story is a good redemption mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. This isn't a good redemption story. <laughs> you know what no, I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. I told her, I said, this is the perfect situation for Dana. Because mm-hmm. if he wins, he can handle that bad guy role. And you oh, know how cocky yeah. he was in the press conferences yeah. and stuff. He was like calling that. out Derek Lewis. Like, who do you think you, know, you are, right? Know, like, but <laughs> but it's it's yeah, with I mean with the heavyweights. <laughs> There's, there's a few sides to it. You're always one punch away, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but with Hardy, I think Dana White is sort of in a pickle. Just yeah. I Honestly, I, he brought him in too early. He, I wouldn't compare him to CM Punk, but, like, stop bringing these guys in when they fought two or three fights. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't care that the Hardy actually boxed before, you know what I mean, that he got into that's, the NFL. That, and that's why, like, I so, – You brought up the CM Punk comparison. A buddy of mine said it's like a more seasoned Kimbo. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah exactly. I see where you're coming from to an extent. Like, I didn't yeah. agree with him completely, yeah. but, but I kind of saw he where he had, was coming from. With Kimbo, at least, though, he had the, the stigma of being the fighter. Greg Hardy was the guy that beat his wife and got banned from the NFL. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, the stick, there's a different stigma. But I think one thing that people aren't realizing is he's only been – he's at American Top Team. Like, amazing, amazing jam. Probably top two or three in the world. But that never, ever, ever – warrants ring time so i i agree i don't think what you said a little bit earlier was relevant just for the fact that they put him away for a year or two yeah, yeah he gets more training but it's the in ring mm. that you know what i mean it's good it's point. i know what i was talking about cassidy earlier like real good point you know what i mean like until you're in that battle ring or that whatever you're in it, it you can't well, have, who's who's the minor leagues for the ufc i don't really think they have one because he's got the yeah. contender series and like all the people in the contender series come from like uh cc ccfc or whatever it's called and there's that one over in the uk so um, dana can't send greg hardy over there for a little well this is this is the thing where now dana's been talking about all the money and you know things are going public wait till you see what we do in the next three four five years i yeah. think that's the next step i think he's gone from the i'm gonna buy every promotion out and take all their fighters model because he can't do that anymore he now sees the competition with the Bellators and the ones and the M ones of the world right now. And they're all making peaks. They're getting world-class fighters. They're getting great ratings. They, and these people are providing this entertainment for free. So it's all advertising. And they're, so Dana's model is no longer, I suppose, monopolizing the industry as much as he thought minor leagues, UFC affiliation. You know what I'm saying? Like he'll find a NXT. way. Yeah, sort of a UFC Canada, UFC Brazil, yeah. UFC Japan. He's talking about putting the performance center in Africa. There, there's, your, there's your whole yeah. Africa angle. We've been talking about having the Africa card. That's the end of it. You have a Dana White contender series in Africa with the apex. That you know what I'm saying? There's. I was gonna say they got the the PI and the apex and all that shit. Why can't they just host their own amateur fights? I think that's probably. This is what I'm saying. That could be the next step. Literally, I, Dana's I signing amateurs. I yeah. do too. I do too. Bro. Yeah, no, not with the amateur side. I mean more so of like a Greg Hardy situation where they're going to be like, okay, now we're going to put you down here. Guys' egos are too big. They made the big show. I, I can't see guys being like, okay, I'll go down for two fights and come back. Like, like the you know, the minor leagues in baseball is a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah, but here's you know Dana I mean? White going, see you later. I got somebody else coming in to take your spot. That's the so, thing. So if you yeah, got, if, if option A and option B are on the table, if you decide yeah. option B, I'm going to leave, there are other promotions that will pick you up. So well, that, Dana's that was gonna my have, point. So yeah. you can drop me all you want. I'm going to go for, I'm going to go fight for Bellator for triple the money per fight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, so and then Bellator's a win -win. gets bigger and better. Yeah. So I can't see Dana being like, you know, go down or leave. Maybe he, he might, but. It yeah, is a good idea, though. I do like the idea. Though. Yeah, you're talking about Dana sending guys down. He's not sending the John Jones down to the minor leagues. No, he's no, sending guys that no, no. he's not high paid. You know what I mean? So why would yeah. he care if they pick or leave or whatever? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. it's, it's where the rankings could come into play, where Dana has some kind of system. And the, let's say the top 25 in each division are in the UFC. You could have the 25th ranked guy <clears throat> fighting the 26th ranked guy who is in this yeah. promote. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And yep. he's fighting this guy for a spot in the UFC. Meanwhile, if the other guy loses, he goes down to this other promotion. If he decides he doesn't want to fight anymore or retires or yep. goes to an, say la vie. But like, you know, somebody has actually brought this up because what PFL is doing is they're creating the league system where yep. promotion and relegation is pos is a very strong possibility in the yep. pro fighting league because you're going to get guys and girls who 
maybe not have the most glittering records. Maybe they're going to be like 19 and 11 after like five years, Mm -hmm. but maybe they're going to have that one PFL championship. They started in the second division. They won the second division that year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think what's starting to happen is it's, it's going the other way. The losses in MMA were becoming like boxing. Once you get that one loss, you know, it's ugly. It doesn't look, it's now going back to the way it used to be. Nobody gives a fuck about how many losses yeah. you have. It's what's the story of those losses. Yeah. Which and, how it should be in MMA, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. This you know is I mean? where I miss the old two, three fights. Those guys are 35 thing, right? and 19. Yeah, because they top 10 fighter pound for pound. You know but I mean? you go back and look at those fights and you see that they fought two, three times in a night sometimes. Yeah. Or they fought four times in two months. Yeah. And it's just and like. Not just that, though. With man. boxing, they're fighting nobody's for 29 fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll res- all the respect in the world to Wilder, and I, I am on the Wilder trainer. I was for some quite some time, but if you watch his first twenty five to twenty eight fights, I, like I'm not, I'm not talking shit, but like I got, I could have beat half these guys if I fought, trained for five years. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's the way boxing works, and that's why I, MMA is, it's one of the reasons MMA is taken over as far as popularity. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent. What was Ronda Rousey when she won the title? Six and zero. Oh? Like. You know what I mean? She didn't. She was handed the title, was she not? Was More she or less. First, when when they opened up the division, didn't they give her the title? Did More they? or less. Yeah, no, I think I'm, you're right. Yeah, yeah. More or less. Well, there's people coming into UFC that are, you know, four and zero, six and zero. You know what I mean? So it's. Uh, I don't yeah, know what man, she Dana's, was in strike force, but. Yeah, I think she was two and zero, two or two or three. I can't remember, but. But when they when yeah. when they brought in that that featherweight or whatever it was that division for the women, they did, mm. Ronda Rousey was just granted the championship. She didn't win yeah. that title in the UFC. Well, she no, saved no, yeah. she saved women's <laughs> MMA, and Dana's not yeah. even ashamed to say it. Like no Ronda well, Rousey, he said he you never might had not have. Yeah. yeah, you won't have. You wouldn't have an Amanda Nunez right now. You wouldn't have a Valentina <laughs> Shevchenko right now. You wouldn't have a Rose Namajunas right now. You wouldn't have any <laughs> of these stars. Nope. And then that list goes on. You know, Holly Holm oh, wouldn't have came over. Bro. No, me should take like you know, it's yeah. it's something else. I have to, to get go. going here soon, fellas, in a minute. But uh, yeah, I do want to really quickly talk about. In my opinion, it was the fight of the night, not in the mm-hmm. sense that it was the most entertaining fight. But I have never seen anybody do what Ryan Hall did in the octagon, even though he got his ass knocked off. <laughs> the commitment to strategy, the uniqueness of the technique, it just, it was so creative. It was literally the arts in mixed martial arts. And, you know, we talk about fans booing when they see something that's boring. The fans actually weren't booing because I think most of the fans kind of appreciated what he was trying to do. And then on the other factor, the fans that would typically boo, I think they were laughing. Like, what is this dumbass? Over and over and over and over again. So I guess to put a cap on the show tonight, fellas, off of the Ryan Hall performance, what's the strangest thing you guys have seen technique-wise, either in the octagon, the boxing ring, even in uh, wrestling, man? Like, I know wrestling is, is a completely different thing. This is the the promotion or, or the, the sport that had characters such as Doink the Clown and that midget dude. What was his name? Um, Dink Hornswoggle and Dink. Well, yeah, oh. Hornswoggle. You know, we're talking about a promotion that's got a lot of wild shit. But like watching combat sports, fellas, what's one memory that stands out for you that was just wild? Something that just was so off base. Something that just didn't make sense. Like a Ryan Hall or something even worse. Something violent. Anything. What's the one thing that comes to your mind right now that'll never leave you? I'll start with you, Brew. I have a few, but I'll give one. It's a. Uh... It's a, well, it's two, but it's really one. So Deontay Wilder coming out with that fucking suit. <laughs> right? And then 
<laughs> and then if you guys remember old old UFCs, Kimo used to come out with the big cross. Big cross. Yeah. And there yeah. was one fight where he came out, bro, and he I think it was I actually watched the fight like maybe three weeks ago. It was 38 seconds into the fight, and he just had wobbled legs and never got hit once. You know what I mean? And he said obviously after the fight, it was the cross, it was the cross, same as the Deontay Wilder thing with that fucking suit. Like you, you had to know the suit's 60, 80 pounds. You got those skinny ass legs. You know what I mean? Like you're you're gonna gas out. And I'm not taking nothing away from Fury because Fury outclass him, but like, yeah, for me it was those suits, man. Like, why you're in the fight game? Why are you coming out with that shit? Really? I like that one. That's a good yeah. one. That's a good one. How about you, Truth? Well, there's two of them, I guess, but I mean, one of them is completely obvious, and you're gonna laugh at it. But the first one, we'll say the boxing event. It was uh, fuck, I can't remember who was fighting uh, Holyfield, and uh, when the fan guy came into the ring. Uh, oh. The- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, who, who was he fighting when the fan came in? That wasn't Mike Tyson. No, that wasn't the Tyson um, fight. That was um, was it Lewis? Well, while you're looking at James up, Miller was the pa- James Miller one. was the parachutist. Uh, and, uh, it was Riddick Bo. It was Riddick Bo. Riddick Bo. That was that was when Don King was like, "I'm never coming back to Caesar's Palace again." <laughs> <laughs> so, That's a good one, bro. I like that, that one. I like that one. Sports. And and obviously the most obvious one is if you know when when you get a little hungry in the ring and you you're throwing punches and somebody's headbutting you all the time so what you got to do is you got to take them and you got to grab them by the head and you just got to bite as hard as you can and pray to God that the ear is somewhere in your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> when Tyson bit off Holyfield's ear, man, that's that's but by far the most weirdest moment in sports ever yeah. like what what do you what do you do <laughs> that was my one that was my one yeah. like that was like my one one um, <laughs> i did have a backup one for boxing when uh when floyd fought victor ortiz i was at fuck i, don't, I forget what oh, bar i was at yeah remember that and yep the fight was starting to move in Ortiz's favor and Floyd was doing a little bit of dirty boxing. And then was it that was the, the hug and like yep, punch? hug yeah, and yeah, punch. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I remember the cheer in the bar because it was getting quiet because everybody there was for Floyd and Victor Ortiz was actually picking it up for a round or two. All you could hear was the TV, the cheers on the television. And then when that happened, man, it was like, Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. But then the debate started happening and there was an argument and there was, a, yeah, it was, it was a time, but yeah, Mike Tyson, Holyfield definitely for me yeah. um, was one, but uh, off, off the record, I'm going to bring wrestling into it really quick uh, to, to put a cap on things for the evening. The first time I ever saw gold dust, it threw uh, me off. Uh, I didn't understand. And like, <laughs> it, it was, it was the, the flamboyancy and like the lack yeah. of activity in the character and, I remember See, that's my, why it's hard for me to say a wrestling thing because that's their characters. They're, yeah, yeah, that's the thing, yeah. right? But I remember oh. like my grandfather explaining to me, that, and I was young, like explaining to me that he wasn't gay he, and all He's this other stuff. Yeah, and it was actually really cool to see how that character was so ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's actually like how the wrestling community accepted that character and, and, and it was over to an extent that I don't think wrestling has ever seen. In terms of that kind of, you know, and it sucks that Velveteen's career went the way it did because Velveteen was the first person since Goldust that had that flamboyancy 
of yep. the, the shine and the glitter. But once you got into the ring, I mean, who's going to Dustin Rose? Velveteen's Dustin might have been Rose a little back. too real, though. That's the issue. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's issue, so. <laughs> oh, man, what a what a superstar he would have been, man. But at the end yes, of the day, man. you know, we were just talking about Greg Hardy. The UFC is very different than the WWE and other places. You know, there are dark histories, dark pasts, tough yeah. things that people have dealt with. Yes, it's time to forgive and forget in some cases, but in some cases it can't happen. And in that case, unfortunately, uh, you know, as much as I love Velveteen and a hell of a performer, um, you know, you can't have the, uh, the, the eyes dotted and the T's crossed in that situation and, mm-hmm. and still work for a company like the WWE. So, um, fellas, thank you entirely. I know I always say I'm going to do this at the start and then I always end up doing it at the end. And then last episode, I don't even think I did it at all, but um, plug the socials and, and brew in your. Well, just, just one second here, right yeah, before we get into that. For I sure, just want to do a, a quick recap. Oh, here the here. scores. Going into UFC 264, we had Mr. Brew was in the lead with seven points. And then you had myself and Chris tied at five apiece. Uh, so after UFC 264, we have Jay Bruce still sitting at seven points. He got a big fat goose egg. Oh, no. uh, we had Chris take a big jump in. So he's sitting at nine points. Myself is sitting at uh, seven points and Bruce still sitting at, uh, I'm sitting at eight points and Bruce still not sitting at seven. So we got Yikes. a little bit of distance going on here and, Yikes. and, and we, we had some upsets and we had some almost a lot more points with an O'Malley almost unanimous decision. Ooh, Thank buddy. God that mm. Shout out to Tai Tuvasa, uh, man, because if he didn't yes. give me that max, Ooh. I think I'd be back too, man. Yeah, yeah you know, Ty, that's where you got the Ty three switched the whole too, game so. up. Legit. Yeah. Um, oh, I have thank- a tie take real quick before we go. Yeah. No, that, plug, well, plug your socials stop. quick. Plug your socials quick first. Okay. Plug your socials quick first. We'll get that out of the way uh, right now. Music, Instagram, uh, the real J Brew on Facebook. Uh, Twitter's Make J Brew Famous. Uh, if you're looking for my dad's stuff, my new podcast, uh, true fatherhood stories hit up dads underscore Canada and all across all platforms and uh, if you know someone that'd be worthy of being a guest hit me up at dads Canada uh, sorry dads matter Canada at gmail.com dads matter Canada at gmail.com yep. perfect perfect truth quick uh, for me for me on the Instagram it's at loyalty ENT group on Facebook it's uh, J Perrier on Instagram or on Twitter sorry it's at the J Perrier and uh, also stay in tune for YouTube look up uh, loyalty's less talk and loyalty entertainment nice. group so there'll be some content coming there shortly yeah buddy stoked for that when you said that the other day I didn't know if you let it slip by accident or not but I know you were talking about it before <laughs> so I was like maybe he meant to say it but Definitely stoked for that, bro. Hundred and fifty thousand percent. And real quick too, how many more weeks you got left in uh, wrestling school? Um, I just finished four weeks, so I got six weeks left. Six weeks left. Yeah, I, I thought it was ten. But I don't know if it was ten or if it was twelve. Was I couldn't remember. Together. So yeah, it was twenty classes. Right but on. We, almost. We might get some extra classes. We might like we we've done extra classes, but we don't know if it's going to be extra classes or if it's going to count to the twenty already. So okay. Either either way, it's we're going to be taken care of. We're going to. There be you go, care. brother. There you nice. go. All right, bro. You wanted to sign off with a tie story. I'm assuming. Uh, not even a story, man. Just, uh, you know, cause when we hit that point, it, I was more Greg Hardy cause of me picking him. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to say, you know, if we're going to test tie, you know, he, he's a superstar. Dana White said it, you know, record wise, obviously like Drew said, not the best. I think a real good test would be someone like Rosenstruck. Mm-hmm. But the biggest name that comes to mind for me is, um, Marcin Tybura. The yeah. guy, he beat, he, you know, he beat, um, Hardy. He's beat Stefan Struve, Ben Rothwell. He's a banger, just like Ty. I think that'd be a fun ass fight. So I know we probably wouldn't have got to Ty necessarily for a couple more episodes. So I just wanted to throw it out there. 
it's a possibility, man, that like I was just saying, that star power is there. There's a lot of big events yeah. coming up, man. You throw him in, it works. It really does yeah. work. And, and you know, the two perfect names. And I mean, Rosenstruck is right there, I think, behind Volkov in the rankings. So, like, that's just another yeah. one of those. He wins that. Well, shit, who's next? Yeah. So. And he's up a little further, you know, than Ty Burr. So I, that's why I think Ty Burr is a perfect fit because I think he's like eight or nine. Yeah. You know, and they're going to entertain, they're going to have an entertaining ass fight. If he wins that, then maybe you give him a, a six or a five, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. That's what Ty needs. Somewhere's around the eight to 10. Yeah. Eight to, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. Like you said, man, he's, he's, if he's not a star, he's, what do they call him? Dwarf stars? He's, he's almost there. Like he's yeah. about to blow, man. Like he's, he's a character and, I cringed watching him drink out them shoes. But you know what? Power to you, and man. The hot sauce. And Dustin Poirier oh. still got the hot sauce, but yeah, the hot sauce. That would be a great commercial. I hope that they figure yeah. out a way to. Oh, like, that'd be awesome. Find a way to have Ty in yeah. the commercials, like, "Hi, yeah. it's me, Ty Tavasa." Da 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 da. da. <laughs> Fellas, as always, oh. cheers. Um, I feel like I've been saying this for the last few weeks, but next time we speak, it'll be the ten count. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh. Give me your time and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Yes, sir. Good.